1: welcome back to how are you the Wellbeing podcast this week's guest is model mummy and presenter georgia jones we talk about the importance of sharing the highs and lows of motherhood on social media the desperate need for family hugs right now and so much more I am so excited about this week's guest. She's become a good friend of mine, I'd say. We have our, our good conversations and chats. We have a little giggle. It's the amazing Georgia Jones.
2: Hello. Yes, I agree with all of that, what you just said. Thank you. You know, you're like, are we friends? Oh, we Are, friends. are we just thing. both on
1: Instagram? Yeah. We are. Good. I'm glad. Yeah, I, I feel all like I'm blushing. <laughs> we used to see each other at events quite a lot, but obviously things have changed, and this is the first time I've actually seen your face like this. Yeah, what was that? I know. <laughs> I really miss it. Oh, they—they they were the days. I really regret ever being lazy about going to an event. Oh, can I bother to go into town today to go to an event? I really regret that.
2: Same. I was like that all the time. I'd be like, oh. And I just won't go to that that one. It'd be nice, but I just can't be bothered to trek all that way into London. It's like an hour to have a nice time. We actually took that for granted completely.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Never again.
2: Never again.
1: So I want to start off by asking how you are, because I know you've been so open about feeling very up and down. It's Was it the Corona Coaster where... One minute you're like, oh, we're okay. And then you can have a really low day. So how are you feeling at the moment?
2: At the moment, a bit shit, actually. Um, last night, I spent the night crying in a bath whilst drinking a glass of wine. Oh. <laughs> I, need, I know, I was like, oh, I need to get some, like, eye, eye patches on today. And it sounds so overdramatic, but I think everything just gets so heightened when you're in this kind of situation and then if you've got other normal life things that are quite stressful going on on top of that you know normally I'd go home um you know with the fact like me and Danny and Coop would just get in the car drive up north I'd go see my mum and dad get a nice big cuddle from my mum have some home cooking and it would sort me right out I can't do that. It kills me. Oh, no, it's-, it's making me feel upset
1: <laughs> And do you know what? Again, that's me taking the fact that my family only live half an hour away for granted. Obviously, I still can't see them anyway, but my mum is my childcare bubble. So at least I can see her on the doorstep and Macy can go in there and have that time. So I do really feel for you. And it makes me realize how lucky I am just to have that. Um, yeah. So I'm sending you so much virtual love right now
2: thank you I appreciate that and I mean I know uh, so many people have got so much worse but it's just I think your feelings are just relative to you and you've got I think you've got to remember that because during all this I've been like oh I shouldn't be feeling this way like people have it worse off like you know I miss a cuddle I shouldn't be crying over it but then actually you're allowed to feel emotions and you're allowed to be upset about things
1: and do you know what? You're human and a cuddle is has nothing to do with what you've got, you know? Mm. So you and Danny are both very successful. You've got a lovely home. You've got a healthy child, whatever. That doesn't take the fact away that you're human and that you need a cuddle from your mum, you know?
2: Yeah, and I'm such a cuddler. Mm.
1: Oh, bless you. You also had a little bit of a scare lately so I want to focus on wellness and health for this series it's so important now more than ever health is wealth and I loved how honest you were in showing that you found a lump on your breast I did
2: yeah Yes, it talked me through it. What happened? I've got very lumpy breasts anyway. I've always struggled with lumps in my boobs. I've been to the doctors about my boobs. I mean, oh, way over twenty times, um, and I've ha- I had a lump removed when I was eighteen. I found a lump, and they weren't sure. God, I mean, that was a long time ago because I'm thirty-four now, and they were they weren't sure at that point what it was and whether it was anything sinister. So they just took it out. And so I had that operation. So, uh, you know, and my mum has had breast cancer twice, and my family's pretty riddled with all kinds of cancer actually so it is a worry to me anyway I found a lump went to the doctors it was all during the pandemic and they were they were amazing um and I got referred to the hospital my appointment came through really quickly which I wasn't expecting and on the day I kind of just thought they were going to have a feel and go yeah nothing to worry about off your part and it wasn't the case at all I went in and they were like oh um yeah we're going to do a scan on that straight away. So they did a scan. And then whilst having the scan, the doctor actually found another lump, which was the one that they were worried about. So the one I went in about that I could feel was nothing. They were like, it's just a bit of lumpy tissue. But the one that he found when he was scanning me, which is on the same breast, but a completely different area, he was like, Mm, I want to take a biopsy of that one. And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, when uh, when do you think it'll be? He was like, oh, now. And I was like, oh, God, right, wow. So, yeah, so that all happened. And then I just had a really, really worrying three-week wait to find out what the hell uh, was going on. It's it's silly, but you do. You start thinking, oh, God, what if, like, it's, I've got cancer and what am I going to do? And what if it spreads and, you know, it worries you? That was really flipping stressful. But it turned out to be absolutely fine. And now I'm just going through um the testing for the BRCA gene, which is like a mutation of a gene, which means you can you're more likely to get cancer. So yeah, so I've just going through that. But it made me appreciate how, you know, just how lucky I am. To be okay does make you appreciate life.
1: Yeah, God, hasn't this last 10 months made you appreciate life and just Being healthy and you sharing that because I'm actually really bad at feeling my boobs. I've go to my smear test. I've had all my smears, but not that I don't want to feel my boobs. Like I have to lift my boob to put it in a bra. They're so big, but I don't know. It just it just does never occur to me to like feel for lumps. I don't know. Maybe it's me being naive and thinking it's you know I'm not going to find a lump. But you sharing that post, I can't tell you how much it made me go, God, Connie come on, fill your boobs for God's sake. So I really appreciate that. Mm. You know, it's so important.
2: Yeah, I just wanted to make, you know, to make people aware that you do need to check these things. Because, you know, you can get cancer at any age, it's not just a an old person thing. You know, I think as well, because it's ingrained in me from a young age, my mum was only 40 when she had it the first time. And I think, it's just been a thing I've always done and also I've only got little boobs it only takes me about two seconds to check for lumps (laughs) (laughs) it's basically a nipple I'm there two hours (laughs) later I'm still there like (laughs) yours is a big job Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) i haven't got time no don't you always have time so speaking of honesty and being authentic i feel like your account's really authentic and honest especially when it comes to motherhood you've got your amazing youtube channel which is exactly that just honest open conversation with some amazing guests absolutely loved it i appeared on it once i think macy was six weeks old and i was not with it i thought i was with it but looking back What was I thinking? I was like, Georgia, I'd love to be a guest on your... And you were like, what about next week? And I was like, oh my God. But no, it was amazing, amazing (laughs) experience. You know, just as I thought I had my shit together when Macy was six weeks old. Oh my God, I think it's taken me about a year to get my shit together as a mum. And you still have those days, don't you? Where you're like, do I have my shit
2: together? Uh, I've never got my shit together ever. But I've just accepted that. (laughs) (laughs)
1: and uh, we were we were talking about how we try and be honest and real on on socials obviously it's our job so that's why I'm talking about social media a lot but we do get stick for it sometimes like oh you're ungrateful like are you sure you even want your kid and uh, all you do is moan about motherhood now what's your take on that how do you feel about those comments
2: yeah, because I was saying to you, wasn't I, the other day, I, somebody had commented on one of my YouTube videos, basically saying, she sounds like she doesn't even want a child. She, she's not grateful for her little boy at all, and blah, 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 and she just moans all the time. I was like, hang on a second, right? I love my little boy a bit, and I'm pretty sure that like, it's quite clear, if you follow me on Instagram, how much he is my world. But bloody hell, it's hard. And sometimes, you just want a break from them. Sometimes they annoy the hell out of you. And you're like, can you just be quiet for two seconds and stop saying mummy? <laughs> and that's fine. It's fine to not enjoy every aspect of parenting. We are incredibly lucky to be parents. And I never, ever take that for granted. But there are some days where I love a good moan, And I will tell anybody that wants to hear it. I'm not enjoying parenting today.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm the same. I'm absolutely the same. Macy's obviously approaching two the terrible twos have started, the tantrums have started and it's really hard and I find I go through each stage and I'm like, this is the hardest stage and then I get to the next stage and I'm like, no, this is the hardest stage. What stage have you found the hardest or do you agree? Like there's there's something difficult about every age.
2: Yeah, I think, do you know what I think happens is you don't appreciate that stage at the time because it is hard at the time because it's new. So every time you reach a new stage, it is hard because you've never done it before where where is it like and then you look back like new newborn phase I'm like why did I not sleep all the time like what why and everybody tells you to and you're like yeah yeah got you get sick of the amount of people that go asleep when they sleep and you're just like yes uh, yes I know I get it and then you, you you literally sail through that time and you're like I didn't do anything anybody recommended me to do. Why did I not sleep?
1: I know. I look back and I think that newborn stage is actually so easy, yeah. <laughs> but it's not when you're in it and you're doing it for the first time. But
2: the elements of it, where the fact that they just stay still, exactly, they don't move. You can walk to like the problem is when, it's, especially when it's your first, you don't dare leave them in like. They cannot be out of your eye line. Whereas now I'm like, Cooper could not move. Like he was literally just a, just a, this little baby that just sat there and did absolutely nothing, nothing. And it's not like you can't hear them because when they want something, they want something, don't they? But I didn't even dare like leave his side got, I didn't even dare have a shower with him in the same room laying on the floor because I was petrified something might happen to him even though he couldn't do anything
1: <laughs> I know I think it, I think it's actually just our hormones and our it's our mind over anything I'm hoping that if a second time comes for me yeah I will be different, but you've got the challenge then of a young child with a baby, and, like, if you leave them together, it's not advised. Macy will probably try and put lipstick on the poor thing. Like, so it comes with new challenges, doesn't it?
2: (laughs) It does, and then also the fact that, you know, I I don't know about... see I don't know about Macy but Cooper still has a nap which is quite quite unusual for a three nearly three-year-old and so like occasionally if I am really really tired I will have a little nap when he when he naps um but then god if there was another child involved I wouldn't be able to do that anymore (laughs) I'd be like um but going back to which part is my favorite part I would say right now how he is right now because I can have all these lovely conversations with him and he can tell me things and it's he's it's funny it's good fun because he'll you know he'll actually have a semi conversation so I think probably now around three
1: they're so funny then I think yeah he
2: is he just makes me laugh he makes me smile every day Oh,
1: see, she loves her child. Are you listening? You,
2: whoever you were, (laughs) I
1: do love him. (laughs) So funny. I I got a message once, a really long message saying, you make women who aren't mums feel like they can't do it because you make it look so hard. And (sighs) what happened to women in the olden days who just got on with it? You need to be more like that. And I'm like, oh, my God. She didn't have children. I just thought, you just wait. I didn't even reply. I just thought, I'm just going to let being a mum for the first time do the talking. You know, you'll regret sending that message. Because <laughs> it is hard. And the problem is that women didn't talk about it being hard because we want, women wanted to seem like they were coping. And even when something's hard, it
2: doesn't mean you're not coping. That's,
1: that's the thing.
2: Back in the day as well, like... I- people didn't talk about their emotions the way they talk about them now mental health wasn't really a thing like well I mean it was but it did nobody talked about it and and you know now it's a support network you know it, it helps it helps me if every mum around me was like oh this is perfect I'm not struggling at all I've washed my hair I've cleaned the house I've um, you know done whatever I'd be like oh god I'm completely failing at being a mum. But to have those other mums around going, God, I'm finding it hard today. God, my kids annoy me today. I've not washed. It's, it's, you know, three o'clock in the afternoon. I've not had a shower yet. You know, I'm like, oh, thank God. Thank God it's not just me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I guess you're paving the way for that as well. Like you're setting a really good example. So... You should be so proud of yourself. So are you? Because <laughs> it's not—it's not easy being honest, you know. Because it—it it, takes—it does take some balls sometimes. Because sometimes I'm like, "Oh, do I post this? Are people actually going to think I don't like being a mum?" No, do you know what I'm going to post it? Because I know I love being a mum, and that's all that matters, you
2: know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think yeah, I think, and the people that are like not very nice, I either block or delete what they've got to say because I'm like no one needs to see your nastiness that's you you're just a bitter human being so see ya
1: <laughs> so we have obviously talking about now and who we are now but I want to take it right back to Georgia age 21 oh god I think it is
2: oh what Miss England oh God.
1: <laughs> do you know what I feel really bad that I didn't know
2: this did you not
1: know? No, I didn't know that you were Miss England. Oh. I'm really sorry.
2: <laughs> oh my God, don't apologize. I don't talk about it much. When I meet
1: someone, I don't research their background. And all right, right, so what did she do yeah. when she was younger? Like, I just, <laughs> you know, I just met you and I liked you. But obviously for the sake of this podcast, Miss England, I was like, do you know what? I'm actually really interested in knowing more because obviously you're absolutely stunning and You've got long legs and just a body to die for and everything that, you know, stereotypically we say Miss England is. But I just feel like you're not a pageant queen, like you're not, you're so real and just girl next door. I'm like, what made you go into pageant, like into Miss
2: England. How did it happen? I was 18 at the time and um there was the competition for Miss York. And my mum was like, "Mum always said to me, oh, you, oh, I think you could be a model." And and I was like, "No, mum, no, like absolutely not. Like I, I don't no, no. <laughs> no zero confidence." And um she was like, well "Why don't you just send your, your photos in for this Miss York thing? Cuz no one will know if you don't get anywhere. And no one will know." And I was like, "Oh, all right, then begrudgingly did it, and then I got into the bloody final, and I was like, oh god, now I've got to go up on a stage, and like, it was, hands down, the best thing I've ever done in my life for my confidence, I met some amazing people, it's not like Miss Congeniality, but yeah, and then I went to the Miss England finals, and, and I won Miss England, and then met, went to Miss World, <laughs> in China so that was we were now that so so Miss England was wonderful it was the whole thing was about kind of promoting things that you were passionate about which I've always loved doing and and I'm completely deaf in one ear so I worked so much with deaf like uh, with deaf charities that was kind of my my passion at that point and uh, I loved it I loved traveling the, the, the country the world I went all over as Miss England. It was just wonderful. And everything I did, my confidence just grew and grew and grew. Now Miss World, completely different kettle of fish. It was regimented. It was not at all what I would have wanted to become. I wouldn't have wanted to be Miss World. Absolutely not. Not to say I didn't have the Best time ever there because I just went. I was like, I don't want to win this. I'm just going to really enjoy myself. I made friends with some amazing girls. My mum and dad were really united I basically made really good friends with Miss Wales, Miss Ireland, and Miss Scotland. And they were like, "Could you not have made friends with someone more exotic so you could have gone and visited them?" <laughs> I was like, "Sorry." <laughs> um, so they could have a view exactly, of the summer exactly. yeah exactly <laughs> um but it although I did not want to be Miss World it was the best experience of my life and it forged my career I wouldn't have then gone on to model um and do that for majority of my my life had I have not entered entered the competition so it was it was amazing that is amazing
0: Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
2: What has been your most favourite modelling job set? Who did you go on oh to model God, for? Oh, God, I've done all sorts. I I, I, um, I did a job. I got flown out to the Maldives. This wasn't when I was Miss England. This was when I was just modelling as as me. Um, I went to the Maldives for 10 days. We were in an all-inclusive, like, resort... Um, And we could only only do the shots at like certain times of the day because the sun was so strong. So we were just like on a holiday for 10 for 10 days. And all the shots were like in the water or like walking down the beach hand in hand (laughs) with my fake husband. And it was just wonderful. I was like, who was a really good friend of mine as well. Um, So it was just like I was on holiday with my mate. Yeah, it was so good. I mean, there's been some some hideous jobs. Um I did one for a very big hair company, who I won't name. Um but they basically burnt all my hair off and then I didn't end up working for about a year because they di- they basically dyed it orange and it was meant to be the same color it was it was shocking. So I ended up having a mullet for about a year.
1: <laughs> oh my um, gosh. I
2: yeah. Died. You're not allowed to be attached to your hair, apparently. When no, but my hair was kind of my thing. Like, I did a lot of hair jobs. So, when um, when my hair fell out, because they dyed it and then they, we had to correct it, and then it was just so much, so much, it just all dropped out. Uh, yeah, th- th- I just didn't work because I didn't have any hair to do anything with. Did you not get conversations? I actually that? did in the end, but because the. But the problem was because the model agency didn't want to upset this brand too much, we couldn't kind of go hard. I just had to accept what they offered initially. Which, I, if it had been me now, I wouldn't have accepted it because it wasn't even wasn't even a week's worth of work, oh really. But yeah, uh, uh, yeah. But actually, just talking about the whole modeling side of things, because um, I know a lot of people. Um, poo-poo their time as being a model and say it was terrible they had to be a certain size I never had that so I um I'm I'm a commercial model so it's all very nice happy smiley like wedding magazines and all you know tv commercials and I, I never once throughout my career have felt like I needed to lose any weight um or be a certain you know you know be tanned or have different hair change Change, yeah so I had a really positive experience it's funny everyone would probably be like Miss England modeling there must be two like negative things but both of them wonderful and loved
1: yeah I mean how bad is that I'm like fishing for the Mm, waiting for you to say, yeah, it really affected my bo- nick, you know, like my body image, and but I'm so glad that it didn't. That is so refreshing.
2: There was one high street company that I used to do, um so like all the online um modelling for. So anything, it was faceless though, so you wouldn't be able to see. It was it was me, um and they were the only people that ever made me feel conscious. So they wouldn't shoot um, trousers on me because. My legs were too big, so they were the up. Oh, but that was just one specific company, which is bizarre because they have a plus size range within their brand. So the fact that they're kind of, and they're recast for new models in front of me, so <laughs> I was doing the job, and they were they were trying to find girls to replace me <gasps> who had skinnier legs than you who who were who were literally so much thinner than me, and I was like, I, I was I was furious I was like how dare you <laughs> like but anyway that was the o- that's the only time I've ever had
1: and I'm hoping things have ch- I hope that's not a recent thing I'm I'm hoping things are changing I can definitely see a lot more um realistic models on websites yeah. and stuff now
2: yeah it's so important
1: yeah I'm so glad that you didn't ha- you didn't like fall victim to any of that sh- stuff and no um you're you are you are really into your fitness and health anyway. Is that something that's been keeping you going through lockdown and
2: like through tough times? Yeah, do you know? I I run quite a lot. Not well and not far and not fast, but I just go and I just find it a really good way of either thinking about everything or just thinking about nothing. And I never know which it's gonna be, but I'll set off on that run. And I'll come back and just feel a little bit better. And just like I can just start my day. It's fresh air. It's thinking time. You're getting your blood pumping. And and, um, my dad's had two heart attacks. My family, honestly, their health. Um, My dad's had two heart attacks. So heart health is massive for me. Um, I never exercise, you know, to like be anything. I just exercise because I know it's good for me. Yeah, no that's that that's such an important message and I think it's
1: a message that everyone's sort of starting to realise. Um, like it's about feeling good, isn't it? Yeah. Um and I don't do a lot of running because I just don't feel like I'm made for running. I'm quite heavy and I've got big boobs. It's not like that comfortable for me. But the other day I did what you just said and I just put my headphones in. Ricky was on a Zoom call and we've got an open planned area. So I couldn't like whack on a workout and and do it because he was in a meeting. So I just shot out the door and I don't know how far I ran. I don't know how long I was, but I just ran until I just wanted to come home. That sounds like, I sound like Forrest Gump, but, um, I just kept running and then I was like, Do you know what? I've had enough now. I feel better. I've done my workout. and I came back. And for me, that's such a big achievement. Normally I would whack on an app and it'd be like, right, don't come home until you finish that 5k. And like I put so much pressure on myself. And what lockdown has taught me is that life's too short to revolve every single day around weight loss or being skinny or trying to change my body and make it a shape that it's not and I know that you're quite lean you're naturally tall and slim but that message of doing it because of your health is just so important and um, one that we need to share more
2: Yeah, and you know as well, which I think you you post about a bit, quite a bit, which whenever you do, I'm like, yeah, go on, girl. Like, I'm glad you're saying that. Is that it's actually okay to want to feel, like, toned or, like, know that you feel better a certain way. Like, you know, I work out 100% for my heart health, but I do also like to feel toned. I like to feel like my bum's (laughs) pert, From squatting you know I I love the feeling of of feeling strong and feeling fit and I think people can sometimes put a bit of a negative spin on on that wanting to you know make yourself feel or, or look a certain way And I don't think it's necessarily a 100% a negative thing to want to you know be the best you can be providing it's healthy providing it's in a in a healthy way do it great
1: yeah i mean it's all about it coming from the right place so i've been there in the past where exercising was punishment and dieting was um there was there was no nothing healthy about the way that i was eating it was either too healthy and not sustainable or It was like the completely opposite. Um, Yeah. So now my message is there's nothing wrong with wanting to lose weight. There's nothing wrong with wanting to tone up. There's nothing wrong with um, wanting a perkier bum and doing more squats. If it's coming from the right place and that everything else, you know, surrounding that is from good intentions and it's taken me a long time to get to that point, but I'm there, and I'm glad you share that with me. Good, I'm glad
2: you're there. I'm glad. I'm... Hey, but it does take a long time to work out what is your right thing. Yeah, and I and I always worry that I'm going to get people
1: like messaging me or hounding my page saying, "Oh, um, you know, you know, body positivity and all that." Like it can be quite aggressive, you know. And it can yeah, be quite like can. I now can. I now feel like if you are healthy and toned and and lean or whatever, like they're in the wrong now. I don't know. I just feel like it's one extreme to the other now.
2: Everything's extremes. I'm completely with you on that. Like I, and, and I think I'm going to maybe do something on it soon, but I feel now that I can't show my body, which is bizarre. I feel because I am tall and slim and a size eight, and blonde, which is like, stereotypically, like, I don't know, they, they do this stereotype, and it's blonde, size A, tall. And I'm like, oh, cause that's me. I feel like I, my body type is now seen as a negative thing. And if I show off my body, it's completely different to somebody c- Curvy is showing off their body, and it's not as celebrated as much, which is so sad. Because you know, I've gone from feeling super body confident to actually feeling like it's a negative. It's a negative thing.
1: No, I mean that's that's sad in itself. And I obviously, having Bradley as my brother, who you know talks a lot about calorie deficit and weight loss and getting healthy and stuff like that, you know, I know a lot about that side of things where people are going against him and his industry and so I can totally relate. And I feel like I've been in both where I've been the fitspo and then now I'm like the curvy, body-positive one. But I'm still, i still like, where do I fit and why can't we just stop talking about our bodies and making a thing of them (laughs) all together? So that, you know, because we're so much more than a body. So people keep saying oh you're so much more than your body well then stop talking about bodies you know you keep telling me that yeah, I'm more than stop. my body yeah. and your body doesn't justify who you are or make you a good person Then well, then stop posting pictures of your body then you know let's just stop doing it all together yeah. and just post pictures of us yeah. having a bloody good time
2: <laughs> yeah exactly I just think it needs to be if it's going to be inclusive it needs to be fully inclusive providing everybody's healthy and you know whatever it, it just needs to be all bodies are wonderful not if you're over a certain weight or under a certain weight. just everyone everyone is lovely
1: yeah I think there is that danger that these all-inclusive campaigns aren't actually all-inclusive
2: yeah um
1: and that's the danger they're they're like getting rid of people like you not not I'm not saying you specifically but yeah I, I can see that and um, there was a campaign recently that a lot of people were talking about and I was going to post about it but I didn't but in my heart I felt like that wasn't actually in- an in- inclusive campaign because they did miss out on that blonde white girl who is a size eight it was all sort of yeah s- For me, it felt like I don't think I saw every single image or model that was used, but it did feel like the ones that were focused on were mainly, you know, over a size 16. And to me, that's not inclusive. So I'm totally with you on that. And I still struggle to like relate to models because I also feel like, They're still hourglass or pear-shaped and don't have a belly. They've all got flat stomachs. Even if they're a size 16, they've just inherited a flat stomach and they've just got big bum and thighs. And I can't relate to that. So I still feel like I can't show my mum tum and my kangaroo pouch because it's not shown enough.
2: Yeah, we need need more apples. We need people that don't have a waist or we need people like me that haven't got boobs like yeah I've got yeah that's it it's like I don't really see many people on like on big campaigns I don't see many of my figure anymore and 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 it's that it's so hard because you do I I think that I think oh I don't really see much many people that look like me anymore on any big campaigns and then I'm like but god if i set if i say that what's the backlash going to be? Is everyone going to be like oh shut up just cuz you are a size 8 model and i'm like no but that's not what i'm saying uh, like i'm
1: just i know i know i know i know exactly what you're saying and i feel like the response could be you've had your time but it's not about that it's not about that it's about 'Cause there's gonna be many women born with your shape and size, you know? It's yeah. your makeup, it's your DNA. You haven't forced yourself yeah. to look
2: like that. And that's that that's no. what that's
1: what I think. They're missing a trick there.
2: Yeah, it does. It just needs to be. We I mean, campaigns of, of women like women's underwear are gonna be like Absolutely massive because it's gonna just have to be every single body, <laughs> uh, everything. Only one yeah. shot. It's gonna be like we can't do it. It's impossible. It's costing us a fortune. <laughs> no one's got a lens wide enough for the amount of women. Yeah, I mean. yeah, it's gonna have to be at yeah, least a hundred.
1: I, I guess it's true. There's there. It, there's got to be a point where you got to draw a line, and the most important thing is the consumer needs to learn how to feel good in themselves and feel confident enough in themselves that they, when they see these campaigns, they don't need to look up and see someone that looks like them. They're confident enough to know that we're all individual and we're all unique and you still look good in that bra and knickers or those pairs of jeans. So that's where we need to get to as women and men.
2: Yeah, and that we're all real women, because I, I, I get that a lot. If you're a, if you're a size 8, you're not classed as a real woman. And I'm like, no, I, I am really real. I'm here. I'm, I've got feelings <laughs> as well. <laughs> Pitch me. Yeah, <laughs> I do wobble. <laughs> I, I get called a real
1: woman a lot. Do you? And I don't like it. I don't like it for that reason, because I'm like, look, I understand what you're trying to say. Like, I get where it's come from. But in my, in my, in my heart and head, I'm, I'm, that's not me. I'm, I am an all inclusive. I get, I just don't get it. You can't tell me that a model isn't a real woman because she's a model and she's a size eight. Yeah. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, So anyone listening, women are real, you know, whatever shape or size they are, you know, color of their skin, hair. Yeah. They've
2: got a pulse.
1: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that is really interesting I've not actually touched on that before so I'm loving this conversation what about I did ask my followers didn't I some questions we got some questions in oh
0: um, yeah
1: and one of well I didn't really want to talk about Danny sorry Danny um because oh I don't know talk about, about him well I, I don't know about you but I feel like sometimes I get like oh Bradley's sister, and I don't know whether you sometimes get Danny's wife. When I feel like you're such an incredible woman in your on your in your own right, um, and maybe you don't look at it like that or think into it too much, but I just um, yeah sometimes with me I just a bit like you know I do do all of Bradley's admin. I am his ghostwriter. Oh, I really like I've helped him build his brand. Stop just referring me,
2: referring to me as his sister for God's sake. Yeah. Do you know, I'm completely with you on that. I went through probably the last, the last couple of years, actually, I went through a real thing of being like, I am me. I am not just Danny's wife because that's what I get a lot. Oh, Danny's, you know, Danny's wife. And I really didn't want people to think that my career was solely based on him. And I went through a phase of being really like, not anti Danny that sounds awful but just being like (laughs) I'm doing this by myself I'm a strong independent woman and I don't need a you know famous husband to help me and then (laughs) and then I was like actually it's really mean to Danny because like he's he is my husband and he is a massive part of my life and I shouldn't just push him out of it just because I'm worried of what people might think so I've kind of done a big 360, and I don't feel like that anymore. I'm like, well, he's my husband, so if he's in person, he's in person, and if he's not, he's not. That's good.
1: Yeah, no, it's true. It's again having that confidence, knowing that you've done it, you know, off your own back or yeah. whatever. And he's just he just adds to it, um, and obviously, he's a great supporter of yours. So, but yeah, people were just like, um, can you ask her if she ever feels pressure to be to look a certain way as Danny's wife? but I feel like I know the answer.
2: Yeah, no, but purely because he knew what he was marrying <laughs> when he met me. <laughs> and if he doesn't like it, he can lump it. It's <laughs> <I got that. laughs> his own loss. It's his loss. So no, I don't. I, you know, if, if, yeah, no, don't feel pressure. At all. I've never felt any form of, of, pressure and the thing is as well the other other McFly wives are all super lovely and chilled and you know we you know uh, when you're around each other you don't ever feel like oh god you know I need to I need to look a certain way or act a certain way we are just you know we're just who we are yeah which is lovely
1: okay so there were some more questions one being you probably get this asked this all the time baby number two people want to know
2: do you want more children you know what right now honestly I don't want another baby right now I'm not saying never but I am saying not at the moment and and that is both Danny and I feel completely the same on that on that front we're just not not ready not at that stage we're just enjoying Cooper and you know I never ever thought I would say that I always thought I'd have two or three but if we did stick with one, then we'll stick with one. But I'm not ruling it out. I just haven't got an urge yet. But however, I will say I did love being pregnant. It was probably one of my favourite times of my life just having that bump. I loved it. Oh, I can't relate, with, I can't relate to you in that one. No,
1: uh, I can't. I think because you're long, it kind of might have stretched out a bit. Whereas I'm just like such a squashed marshmallow that she was just like, on my pelvis, the whole—I t- don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to go into it. This is about you, not about oh, me. Oh no, about um, you too. But I I envy women that love pregnancy because if I loved pregnancy, I think I'd be pregnant. Yeah, all the time. Uh, yeah, but I honestly, I'm putting it off because I didn't enjoy pregnancy. I keep
2: putting it off because I'm just scared of that pain and discomfort again. Oh yeah, well yeah, I'm scared of giving birth. No, not really. Um, I I think oh, I loved labour more than pregnancy. D- Whoa. That is a big statement, bold statement. Um, Well, I nearly had him on the loo, so that was was just an experience. Um, But I struggled a lot with um, the the first 18 months for me were really, really hard. And I think it took me a long time to realise how much I was struggling. And I, I, I suppose I'm a little bit scared of having that again, but... Now I know kind of the warning signs of maybe feeling down. I think I hopefully, and you know, if it happened again, I would be more aware and know what to do.
1: Yeah, I I felt low for definitely the first 12 weeks were like the lowest I've ever felt. I've never experienced it before. And now I'm at a point where she's 21 months. I can honestly look back and say, it took me eighteen months as well to get my head round it to juggle my career because I am a career woman and a and a maternal woman at the same time, and that is the biggest struggle for me. I battle with it every single day. But yeah, no, I'm totally with you on that. I I do hope, and I say it to my mum the next time round, I'm not going to feel like I did before because I actually thought I was just gonna I was just gonna find it really easy because I had looked after babies before it's just not the same so yeah I'm I I totally get that and that's why it's important that we talk and we're open and honest because I have obviously didn't realize that even if you're on a maternal woman who is natural with babies when it comes to having your own it's not necessarily the case or you might not necessarily you don't feel the same way because your hormones and the sleepless nights and Mm. you're so you're in pain down below your whole
2: body's changed so yeah
1: you know, it's yes. important to talk
2: as well. Talking, talking about the the, um, you know, like being a working a working mum. I really struggled with that because I I went back. To, I didn't want to stop working. That wasn't it wasn't me. I didn't want to. For me personally, I didn't want to stop work. I wanted to you know start as soon as I could. And I really struggled with what I should have done is got Cooper in nursery more days a week. But what I wasn't doing was thinking that I was allowed to do that because I, because a lot yeah. of our work as an influencer you kind of sat at home on your phone doing a lot on your phone or on your laptop so I felt guilty I was like this isn't worthy of him being in nursery because I am here I'm still here it's not like I'm going out to work and I can't physically see him so then I was juggling looking after him but trying to work and then feeling like a bad mum because I was spending the majority of my time on the phone. And one of my best friends said to me, but Georgie, you were doing a job. Put him in nursery an extra day and just see if it lightens that load. And I did. Well, and it changed everything. But I just wouldn't accept that I needed help because I was trying to work at the same time. Yeah, and I've learned that recently. I'm at that
1: stage now yeah. where she Macy's with my mum two days They're quite long days for my mum. She's full on, Macy. She's nonstop. And she's not mixing with other children. So I'm at that stage now where I actually could do with um, an extra couple of mornings or afternoon. Because the two days my mum has her, I I solely focus on work. And I have two jobs, my job and then working for Bradley. I need like time to sort my house out and to keep on top of my washing and like all those other things. Like I've got, I need to sign up to the GP because we've just moved. Like all those things I just don't have time for, um, all the extra stuff. And you know, you can always create more content, can't you? It's never ending. So I'm at that stage now where I'm like, right, you know, the more time you put into this, the more you earn, you can afford for macy to go to nursery you know a few afternoons and it will benefit her you know i've had to have a real chat with myself so that's made me feel even more even better you know and and i feel like with our job people kind of like are you sure is it a real job you know is it a job like what's your job what's your occupation i don't i don't know i don't know what to put on a form like what is my job (laughs) i
2: know (laughs) i don't i'm like advertising
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah PR um but yeah Yeah. no that's really refreshing to hear I think if if a mum is listening to this and she's finding it too much but you know ask for help you know reach out like ask for help whether a family member or childminder there are options like the world's changing isn't it Georgia like women are working and women deserve to work if they yeah, want to yeah like
2: it's your choice absolutely like if you want to work don't be ashamed of being a, a mum but also having a career I remember one of my best friends she was absolutely devastated to, to, um maternity was uh, maternity leave was coming to an end and her just put a son in full-time into nursery and she felt terrible and really obsessed about it and then a couple of weeks into him being in nursery she was like it's brilliant like I'm enjoying my time with him so much more because I'm fully focused on him when I am with him it's lovely to go to work and feel like I'm actually like achieving something with my day and she she said it was honestly the best thing that happened in terms of her being a mum yeah no I'm looking forward to that feeling Mm, yeah
1: (laughs) um so I'm gonna end it on a question that I used in my previous series and I have to bring it over to this series still because I think it's a really good question. And it was asked by some of the followers. They want to know what advice you'd give your younger self.
2: Probably to just enjoy everything. Don't take, like, just appreciate every single thing. Like the fact that you can eat whatever you want, the fact that you can sleep, have a lie in the fact that you can just go and see your mates and just enjoying life don't don't put pressure on yourself don't worry about everything just enjoy living because you only do it once and you never get that time back ever so you've just got to appreciate all those little tiny things that I think when you're younger you totally take it for granted. Wear what you want to wear. Say, say the things that you think and that you feel. Have an opinion. Because I think when you're younger, you're so scared to have your own opinion in case it means that certain people don't like you. But it's like, so what? You don't need 70 friends. You need seven amazing friends or two amazing friends. Like, Yeah, probably that. If that made sense.
1: (laughs) That was amazing. And I think it's something that a lot of people will need to hear at the moment. You know, I think a time like this where you can't go out and socialize, you probably start to realize who your true friends are, the ones that are checking in on you, the ones that you're thinking about, the ones that you're messaging and it's effortless. You know, it doesn't feel like a chore. And um, it's a good time to declutter and to just find yourself.
2: It is. I've realized that a lot in lockdown, you, you do see who steps up to look after you when you're not yourself you know when you've admitted to your best friends or you know family or work colleagues I am struggling and you see who supports you with that you're then like okay you are my, you are my people. Um, it does. It really makes you realise in times of need, those people will step up, and they're the people that you hold on super tight to. Yeah, no, that's
1: true. That's lovely. Thank you so much, Aww. Georgia. i really loved meeting. I hope you did. I hope it's cheered you up a bit. I know you were feeling a bit. Cramped.
2: It has. It was so lovely just to talk to you and see your
1: little face. I, I just wish
2: I could like squish you. I
1: know. I know we will we'll go for a nice walk with the yeah. kids I mean Cooper and Macy I mean I think Macy will terrorize him he'll be like oh my god who is this little child <laughs> I think I think you might have made his match <laughs> yeah maybe oh my god we're the ones that are gonna be <laughs> yeah. running a mile but yeah that'd be nice yeah. to get the kids together for a play date when we can yeah
2: yeah absolutely thank you so much Connie thank you thanks Georgia